You are now listening to the Unshakable Health Podcast with Dr. Thomas Hemingway. All right. Oh, my goodness. Guys and gals, I am looking out the window, and it is like legit full-on snowing. Like, not just hail or little bits. Like, it's covering the trees. It's looking like a winter wonderland, which is not what I'm really wanting the first week of October. But it is what it is. It's uh, beautiful in its own right. And ah, sadly, it just kind of keeps me from getting out much. I, I'm still kind of fumbling around on my bum ankle, but it's actually feeling quite a bit better. With the boot, I can take some steps and put some weight on it. I'm actually wearing my brace right now and I'm standing. I am standing podcasting to you because I just can't help myself. I just, I can't sit. I think it's the ADHD or I don't know. I just, I can't sit down. It, it also makes my back hurt. So I'm standing, I'm podcasting with you and I'm loving it because you are the reason. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of the Unshakable Health Podcast. Thank you for dropping a review. I love, love, love getting them. It really just tickles me, whether it be over there on Apple, Spotify, rate, review, subscribe. So you never Never miss an episode and feel free to share these episodes share them out because there's so much value here and i just love when you do that tag me feel free i am just tickled each and every time in fact i'll start right away with a review i got from kimberly over there on amazon because this just tickled me and i appreciate it it was with regards to my new book preventable five powerful practices to avoid disease and build Unshakable health and Kimberly drops five stars and says Thomas Hemingway MD has a wealth of knowledge beyond most doctors. I will literally read anything he writes. He actually practices what he preaches. He doesn't just push pharmaceutical companies. He actually does the research and helps you get to the root cause, helping you heal from the inside out, not just masking the problem. I've been lucky enough to meet this man and family because of the research and guidance he gives freely throughout the podcast. My entire family is now healthy and thriving. I won't get in the nitty gritty here, but you can take my word for it. This is one book you'll want to read, even if you're not a fan of reading like me. Just remember, you can read all about the tools that might make you healthier, but ultimately it is up to you to make the life choices that'll make it happen. I'll be on the lookout for more books by Dr. Thomas Hemingway. Thank you, Kimberly. Five-star review over there on Amazon. If you haven't already done that, you can drop one today. Just scroll to the bottom where you see those five stars. Click on the one farthest to the right and click on the button that says write a review. I read every single one. And this is actually the last week that you can submit your review over there on Amazon or over on Apple wherever you get your podcast, make sure to tag me so I know because I'm going to be doing a drawing. And I've just decided right now live to give away two copies of my new book, Preventable, which I will personally sign, personally autograph, write a little dedication, and I will mail it out to you. I will personally do this. So make sure you drop a review, rate it, review it over there on Apple or Amazon, wherever you get your podcast and wherever you get the book, which right now it's on Amazon. It's still there. I checked this morning. So make sure you drop a review and you can even review it right now. Today, it's available. Just scroll down. I will read it, and you'll be entered to win a copy signed by me, yours truly. So thank you in advance for doing that. Thank you for just being a part of this movement because it is what tickles me. It's what gets me out of bed each and every day, even if it's so darn cold out there. Oh my gosh. When I walked my kids out to the bus, uh, I walked them outside, and it was cold today. And so my goodness, it was freezing and you guys brighten my day. You warm me up. You tickle me with your reviews. 
I just love to see it. So thank you in advance for doing that. Thank you for being a part of this movement. And without further ado, we're going to get into this episode. This is going to be super fun. This is something today I'm going to talk about that literally has affected me greatly in my life because it's one of those things that I have experienced many times, maybe too numerous to count, as we used to say in chemistry lab. This is stress. This is that age-old friend that's going to be with us forever. And we have been designed to not only just deal, but to overcome, to cope, to do what I love to call optimize the stress in your life because it's going to hit you. In fact, the APA, the American Psychological Association, uh, stated recently um, in an article that they put on their website that 80% of us, 80% of us will have some significant stress within this past month or within the next upcoming month. And over the course of a year, this has been well studied, 90% of us will have something significantly stressful happen nearly each and every year. And I know we've had plenty, right? We've had the pandemic. We, we've had all kinds of crazy stuff. We just had a bunch of just just out of this world, insane, crazy fires in Hawaii, Maui was severely affected. We had crazy weather. It's it's been quite a year, quite a couple of years, and I know we've all had a lot of stress, and so I felt like this episode would benefit me a whole bunch and many of you because I know you've been under stress in one thing or another, and this should lighten your soul a little bit, give you some tools and resources, and if you're watching over there on YouTube, you will see I am holding up in the air proud, loud and proud. <laughs> My recent book called Preventable, Five Powerful Practices to Avoid Disease and Build Unshakable Health. And I do that because I have an entire chapter, chapter seven. If you haven't gotten there yet, make sure you read this chapter, chapter seven, from stress to challenge. I'll even uh, throw out a couple uh, paragraphs today in this podcast. In fact, I start the chapter with none other than Hans Selye, who was just expert in this topic. He studied stress for years and years, decades, and I'll just quote him. It says, it's not the stress that kills us, it's our reaction to it. Couldn't agree more. Hans Selye, thank you for that. He was a doctor, a physician, just a cool guy, super bright and smart, and so let's start with something good, right? Let's start with some good news. Why not start with the good? Let's start with this. We get to decide each and every time whether it will be a positive challenge and a growth experience or a detrimental slump, a principle that is both beautiful and empowering. Yes, we get to decide the outcome with our stress. We, only we, only you, only I, only we can decide this. We are the only forces who can attach meaning to whatever stress we may feel or experience. We are in charge of the outcome. We've got this. My favorite study of all times, a landmark study demonstrating this principle was published in the journal Health Psychology in 2012. Here, Keller and colleagues reported that it was not so much the presence or absence of stress that affected people adversely, but their belief or perception about the stress that to a great extent determined the outcome. Let me explain. Almost 80% of those included in the study, which was over 147,000 patients, this was the 80%, the whole study was almost 200,000, and they rated whether or not they had mild, moderate, or severe stress. And 80% of them had one of these categories of stress. They did have stress in their life at some point during that recent year, and 38,000 reported 
uh, which is about 20%, reported a low level or almost done. So the overwhelming majority, 100, nearly 150,000 of this group reported significant stress over the last year. Those who had the most and believed that the stress they experienced was bad for their health had an increased risk of premature death by 43%. Let me go ahead and reread that. Those who had the most stress and, this is a very important and, believed the stress they experienced was bad for their health, they had increased risk of premature death by over 43%. And this was the Journal of Health Psychology 2012, Keller and colleagues, almost 200,000 patients. Based on their belief alone, and those who had the highest level of stress and did not believe that stress was bad for them. So also included in this group of high stress, there was a second group that did not necessarily believe that it was harmful or that it would negatively impact their health or that it was a bad thing. Now, not only did they not have increased mortality, but this stress actually proved positive and protective for them. Keller and colleagues went on to determine that during the study period, which was nine years, the number of deaths attributed to the negative belief was about 20,231 per year. That's the meaning we attach to our stress is extremely significant. Let's not be a piece of data or especially a negative data point. Let us decide right here I'm pointing to our very old mind right here between our ears. Let us decide that stress will be something positive, something beneficial, a growth or a challenge experience and not a negative sump of our energy that drags us down that could cause and, and could contribute to negative health outcomes. Because just like reported in this massive study in 2012, nearly 200,000 patients, it doesn't have to be that way. Because remember, of that group that had the highest level of stress, those that believed that it was not a bad thing, those that believed that it could be even positive, like a growth or a challenge experience, they actually had a protective effect. In other words, they did better on average having the stress in their life than those that didn't even have any stress, those that rated their stress as low or non-existent. Stress is one of the most important factors of life that plays a significant role in our everyday health. I believe most of us are either experiencing some level of stress right now or will experience stress in the next 12 months. The real concern is how we respond to it. That is literally the key to how it may affect our health and our life. The negative physical effects of stress include a greater susceptibility to illness. I've personally experienced this. Lack of energy. Me too. I've definitely experienced this as well. Interruptions in sleep. Yep, I'm, I'm all there. I've, I've definitely had that as an account of stress. Headaches, poor judgment, even weight gain or weight loss, depression, anxiety, and more. It is now time to address this battle and take meaningful action to ensure our experience is a positive one that lends viability to our long-term health. In order to relieve stress, we need to know what is causing it as well as what factors are dictating the impact. Then we'll need to create solutions that will alleviate these factors. So we're going to get into it. There are several ways here that one can respond to a stressful situation or stimulus. There's the classic fight or flight. This is one we think about often, the sympathetic nervous system response. This is in view of the stress as a threat and all the correlated positive and negative hormonal surges that follow. 
This is what has kept us alive over millennia, this so-called fight or flight response. And it's great, fantastic, even life-saving if we are running from a tiger, a lion, or a predator, or just trying to get away from someone in a dark alley at night in a big city like (laughs) has happened to me a couple of times on occasion throughout my life. And this is a good thing. We want to get away. We want to get away. We want to break free. Now, there's also the freeze and paralyzed response, the so-called deer in the headlights, or the challenge or growth response, the view of stress as a challenge or game to be won or conquered, overcome or accomplished. And there is the tend and befriend response. Think uh, Bob Marley here. Every little thing gonna be all right, all right. (laughs) One can either respond to stress positively or negatively. Remember, we, you and I, we get to decide. Positivity and happiness, positivity and happiness are a choice. I truly believe that life happens for you and not to you. The power of positivity is real, not only in the moment, but you can literally increase your lifespan. Say what? A review published in the journal Social Science Medicine in November of 2015 concluded that being happy helped you live longer. Those who classify themselves as not happy, for instance, increase their chances of dying by 21%. Yes, indeed, happy people do live longer. And I will submit to you that not only is that cool, but each and every day that you are alive, if you're choosing positivity, choosing happy, you will enjoy the day each and every day so much more. And I've experienced this because I've had times in my life where I've been a little bit of that proverbial Debbie Downer where I just haven't really, you know, been thriving. And it's not fun to live that way. But you and I get to decide. Remember that. We get to decide. Life happens not to you, but for you. In addition to happiness, having a positive future outlook, a network of social support, and a trust in relationships with others also appears to give one protection from the stressors in life. Great article from the New England Journal, excuse me, the British Medical Journal, which is equally weighty and solid in the literature. British Medical Journal, the so-called BMJ. Rosengren and colleagues studied this, and they showed that the effects of having a positive support group while dealing with significant stress in over 1,016 men studied was significant. They found that those who experienced stressful events preceding the survey they did, such as maybe uh, difficulty with a family member, loss of a job, financial trouble, having to move homes, or being involved in a lawsuit, all increased the odds of premature death only, yes, only in the group that lacked good social support. In the group with a high amount of social support, there was no evidence, exactly zero evidence of a mortality effect to the negative on those who experience one or more of the listed highly stressful events. Clearly, then, having an emotional support system is helpful and protective. Once again, the British Medical Journal, Rosengren and colleagues, super important study to think about because having a social network, having community, remember I talk about this as vitamin C, vitamin C for community, vitamin C for connection, having a support group, having friends or family to go to, to help you, to be with you, to support you, to support one another. This is key, critical, essential to not only living longer, but living a better life. 
People who are happier and live day by day with a positive outlook on life, as stated, live longer. Having stressors but good emotional support to deal with them also serves as a protective barrier, right? That so-called proverbial force shield, right? Shields up. <laughs> you know, just put in there your favorite, whether it be for me growing up, it was Star Trek. You know, they had the shield. Um, there's, you know, the Star Wars. You know, I, I was going to say trilogy, but shoots, that was like, I forget, episodes four, five, and six. I can't recall. But yeah, that, that that's the OG for me, the trilogy. And the shields were very important. Shields up. <laughs> and this is one of the things that we can use in our life as our protective shield, this community, this social support, this network. All right, so what's going on here? How can we explain this? Let's take a moment to briefly look at my favorite, the physiology of stress. That classic categorical stress response that triggers the sympathetic nervous system, the so-called fight or flight, causes a surge in cortisol, which affects glucose and insulin levels, right? It decreases the insulin because it wants to make the cortisol, it wants to make the glucose, I should say, available to the body, right? You want to have glucose available if you're running from the tiger. You want it to go to the muscles and be able to give you energy. But if you have this activated over and over again, it can make you resistant, insulin resistant by raising your level of glucose too much, too frequently, too long, and can contribute not only to inflammation, right? Glucose elevated can lead to inflammation because it also leads to increase in insulin to try to bring that down and insulin resistance, which may be at the root of many diseases. So this so-called sympathetic fight or flight nervous system not only causes a surge in cortisol, but also adrenaline. This directly affects metabolism. It can cause inflammation. It can also increase inflammatory markers like interleukins and TNF-alpha. And stress can have a negative long-term effect on the brain even. Did you know that it can actually cause brain shrinkage? Yeah, legit. A stressed out brain day in and day out will shrink. That is not what we want. This is due to decreased levels of BDNF. Also decreased connections or reductions in the synapses especially in areas such as the memory areas in the medial brain, right? The temporal lobe of the hippocampus and the amygdala. I think we've probably all experienced this. If you've been super stressed out, it's actually kind of hard to recall things, right? I know for me, if I was super stressed by an exam, I didn't prepare well, or I did an all-nighter, which, big surprise, they don't work, right? Because we need our sleep. Our sleep is what solidifies our memories in the hippocampus. If you're not getting adequate sleep, you cannot solidify your memories. You may have trouble remembering, recalling important data, even silly stuff like, what's my password? I mean, that happens to me all the time. But one of the reasons why is from increased stress because it affects our brain. So stress can also suppress the immune system. Have you ever had <laughs> an all-nighter or maybe a partial nighter right before a big trip and you didn't get a lot of sleep and you were a little bit stressed about you know, forgetting something? Well, big surprise, this can affect adversely your immune system. Maybe just a couple days into your trip, you got sick. Well, that's because of this increased cortisol. It can suppress the immune system if it's activated too much and for too long. It can also predispose you to infections and even over the longer, long run, cancer because of the inflammatory response. Becoming physically sick after a highly stressful event in your life is not an uncommon reaction. Heart attacks, damage to the GI tract causing leaky 
gut endocrine abnormalities such as adrenal fatigue, chronic fatigue, and a decrease in growth hormone and thyroid levels are all causes that I have witnessed as a physician with stress being one of the root causes. So now that we understand some of the negative aspects of stress, how do we approach it? How do we change it to this challenge or growth rather than that typical stress response? Well, this depends on how we view it or what meaning we attach to it. Let me give you a personal example. When I went to medical school, (laughs) I had weekly big, big term exams on Mondays. Every Monday was a huge exam. What a terrible way, right, to consistently ruin my weekend, right? Well, not exactly. Instead of viewing it as a highly stressful weekend ruining event (laughs) happening every Monday, I chose to view this as an opportunity to prepare for a game or a challenge that I was determined to win. And studying for exams became the warm-up that I did, and I knew this would help me to do this. I began visualizing the end, acing the test, and how awesome that would feel. I used this energizing emotion of accomplishment to help propel me forward during my studying, and I carried that positive affirmation with me while taking the exam. So I studied, I prepared, I thought forward to the future. I visualize acing this game, this test, this exam, doing really well, crushing it, as I often say. And with preparation, with that positive view of the end in sight, what were the results? All right, drum roll, drum roll, please. Let me see. I might be able to throw down a little drum roll. Let's see it. Well, not quite a drum roll. Let's do that again. All right, somewhat of a drum roll, please. Well, I regularly ace my exams, and graduate at the top of my class. Now, I don't use this example to brag or anything, but instead to demonstrate how I learned to turn a stressor into a positive challenge by looking at the future with a positive or growth mindset, viewing the potentially stressful exam as a mere challenge or a game that I wanted to excel at or ace. As I prepared for and I took my exams, I reversed a potentially negative outcome. This is a similar approach. I imagine athletes, elite athletes, in fact, take as they prepare for a big game or that event, like the Olympics, for example, that they want to excel in both with the positive mindset and future visualization, as well as viewing it as a challenge that they or you can win. We've got this. We can do this. In fact, findings from a study in this very preparatory approach to exams was reported in the journal Advances in Medical Education and Practice in 2019. The researchers studied two groups in this study from a public health master's program. In one group, they offered additional sessions of both mental and practical skills to help reduce anxiety of exam taking. And they also visualized success. While the control group just had the normal class sessions. Now, both group studies for exam, but what they noticed in the intervention group, the one that had the extra sessions, not only experienced less anxiety related to the test taking, but also performed better as a result. What I've found in life is that if we plan ahead and practice how we might respond to stress even before it happens, leaning on our inner growth response, we will likely produce a positive outcome. Like many, I used to be afraid of public speaking. It used to be real stressful for me. I'd get the sweaty palms, if you will. I would get a little bit, uh, I don't know, maybe <laughs> have some um, what I like to call the uh, mumbo jumbo sort of tripping over my words uh, effect that uh, happened to me often in public speaking. And I, I, I was a little bit 
uneasy. I mean, my stomach would kind of grumble. I would get a little sweaty. I would <laughs> sometimes have the deer in the headlights and not remember what I was going to say. But this is what I decided to do. I decided to change the approach and turn it into a growth or a challenge event, something that I could crush and do well at, something that could even be exciting or exhilarating. With this mindset, I rehearsed repeatedly, right? I prepared, I got ready, right? You can't just do it <laughs> without planning and preparation or cold, as they say. No, you got to prepare for this. This has to be something you plan for, you prepare, you, you do this over and over so that when the real thing happens, you're ready. You're, you can do almost like a knee-jerk thing. And so with this mindset, I rehearsed repeatedly, and I found this changed my nerves tremendously before I gave a talk or a speech in front of an audience. Once again, this challenge response is an energizing and growth response to stress. Now, physiologically, what makes the difference between the traditional sympathetic fight or flight response and a challenge or a positive growth response to stress? So recent scientific data suggests that the hormone oxytocin the so-called cuddle hormone plays a significant role. It is so potent and multifaceted that it can be easily regarded as the anti-stress hormone. Oxytocin is released when triggered by things like labor, breastfeeding, sex, stroking, warm temperatures, positive social interaction, positive social interaction, positive thinking, and even eating. It is believed that oxytocin induces well-being by stimulating a dopamine release in the nucleus accumbens of the brain, as well as decreasing the stress response in the amygdala and the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal, or HPA, axis. An oxytocin release produced during the growth or challenge response can actually protect us. Protect us from the adverse effects of stress mediated by cortisol and adrenaline, like we were just talking about. Oxytocin can also help us to be more resilient. Yes, resilient, like in the case study referred to previously with those who had the social support upon experiencing significant life stressors. And it can encourage us to seek social connections to help us cope during times of significant stress. This oxytocin release is powerful and it has been a game changer in my experience. I truly believe it is what can miraculously mitigate the adverse effects of stress. If we seek to encourage its release through our social connection, positive outlook, and emotional resilience. In fact, I, of, I often refer to this powerful tool of connection as another version of vitamin C, the C being for connection. In fact, in my studies of the blue zones, where the longest-lived peoples reside, the most powerful shared element and factor in their longevity, in my opinion, is this same power of connection or what I like to refer to as vitamin C, connection, and community. I've been to Costa Rica, the Nicoya Peninsula, and Italy where there's increased percentage of centenarians residing, those that reach 100 plus. I've been to at least two of those blue zones. And what I've personally witnessed is there is a strong sense of community, family, and connection that the people have, and it is very much alive, well, and palpable. People are not just people. They are your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones, your aunts, your uncles, your relatives, neighbors. All of have a place in the community and are connected to one another in some way or in many ways. It is a beautiful thing to experience and one that we would do well to emulate. 
Don't worry, there's not going to be a quiz on all this physiology and biochemistry about the stress hormones like adrenaline, norepinephrine, the cortisol, and the antithesis of these, right? The anti-stress hormone oxytocin that we just talked about and how it affects the nucleus accumbens of the brain and the amygdala and the hypothalamus and the hippocampus. We're not going to we're not going to quiz you on that. Don't worry. But I include it because it helps paint the picture of the many positive and far-reaching effects of this very same oxytocin on stress. It can help alter an event from one that is stressful and draining into an energizing, positive growth and resilience scenario. Once again, the good news is we get to decide. We get to decide how to deal with stress and what the meaning that we attach to it. So next time you feel stressed or overwhelmed, Step back, take a deep breath, right? This is a, an approach I learned from a coach, I don't know, years ago. Um, the first thing that you do is just stop and breathe, right? Take a breath, stop and breathe. It's okay. It was kind of like the ABCs. A is arrest or stop the situation. Arrest it right now. Just stop, stop, stop that situation. Just stop. That was A, arrest it, stop. B was breathe, just breathe. Take a deep breath, take a deep breath, just breathe. And, and you can use box breathing, you can use whatever technique you want. You can use the Wim Hof, which I often do. There's so many different techniques out there, but just do somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to 10 deep breaths. It takes a minute or a little longer, not a lot of time, and it can literally change your physiology. Change it all together from that highly pumped, energized, oxy, uh, norepinephrine, epinephrine, cortisol, noradrenaline, norepinephrine, all of those things. It can change it with a burst of oxytocin to help you to gather, to collect, to just breathe, relax a bit, lower that blood pressure. And then C, and I've changed the C. I'm sorry, whoever taught me this method, the ABC, the arrest, the breathe, the C, I've changed it to connect, make a connection whether that connection be with yourself, with a higher power, with your community, with your family, friends, something that energizes you, that gives you hope, that gives you the strength to carry on, carry on because this stress will not ruin you. It will not uh, push you back. It will be a growth. It will be a challenge. It will be a positive growth exhilarating experience, right? Like that uh, public speaking that I used to experience. It went from literally stopping in my tracks, being a deer in the headlights kind of response to a growth-promoting challenge experience where it was exhilarating and energizing. So make sure to remember to stop, take a deep breath, reassess, and imagine how you can incorporate a positive mindset and outlook to frame the stress. Remember, life happens for you and not to you. So hereby, I challenge you. I challenge you to take inventory of the events that trigger you and take inventory of the other that bring you joy and peace. Make sure to create a little bit more space for the latter. Now, I've personally found that disconnecting from technology and taking a walk in nature, another one of my favorite vitamins, vitamin N for nature, doing breathing exercises, as we talked about, just stop, take a deep breath, doing mindfulness and meditation or yoga or writing in a gratitude journal, chatting with a friend, 
right? Vitamin C for connection. Chatting with a friend or a family member and participating in exhilarating locomotion activities. For me, things like surfing, mountain biking, skiing, playing a good game of tennis or ping pong, or even just sitting quietly as I catch a sunrise or sunset or just being outside in nature with people that I love and care about has literally been a game changer in my life and has earned this honorary title of vitamin C in my book, vitamin C being for connection, connection. So take a moment, make a list of things that bring you joy and peace and positive vibes like the Bob Marley vibes we talked about. Every little thing gonna be all right. And commit to doing more of these things. Let the positive vibes of oxytocin flow. Let them flow. And I I just want to be a personal example, witness, and share that these have been a game changer for me in my life. As many of you know, I lost an 800-page manuscript that makes up this very book. This very book that I'm holding for all you YouTube folks out there, Preventable. This very book now, no longer 800. It's about uh, just shy of 400 pages, 300, I don't know, 80 some odd pages. It is here today, present day, because I turned that super ultra highly stressful event of losing that 800 page manuscript into a growth promoting challenge response. I challenged myself to recall as much as I could of the book and to come up with a brand new edition. So in this case, the second edition is actually the first edition that you have available to you today on Amazon. And I did that because I decided right here, right here between my ears, (laughs) that this was going to be a growth promoting or challenge response for me. And it wasn't easy. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I felt like screaming some four-letter obscenities. I felt like smashing my computer. All of the things ran through my mind, and I just remembered this ABC approach. Arrest it, just stop. B, just breathe. Just breathe, right? Sometimes us as adults, we need an adult timeout. <laughs> Thank goodness for the bathroom, right? Just go take an adult timeout. It can be one minute. Two minutes, something brief, just take a breath. Or go outside, go outside for a walk. This was life-changing, life-saving, book-saving, let's be specific, book-saving in this example. What did I do? I just stopped in my tracks, took a few deep breaths. I went outside. I went outside to just recalibrate, to get a little vitamin N for nature, to connect with both myself, with the higher power, with, with nature, with connection, and reset Right? I reset. I was, I was definitely in a heightened alert and very upset and not in a good place, but I reset. I went outside, did some deep breaths. The whole thing, I think, took about 10 minutes, maybe 15 max. I reset, and I came back, recommitted, got inside, got in, into my computer, made some calls to the help desk. I was determined to get this book out to you no matter if I had to rewrite the whole thing. Thankfully, I didn't have to write the whole thing again, but the overwhelming majority, (laughs) I did rewrite. And it is available for you today, but that is because of this simple activity, the ABC of responding to stress and the meaning that we get to attach to it. We get to decide whether it's going to be a growth-promoting experience or one that will drag us down. And we get to decide this many times each and every day. 
whether it be somebody, you know, on the freeway, on the road that cuts us off or somebody who cuts in line or, you know, whatever it may be. We, we have these kinds of things that irritate us, that, that peeve us or, or whatever it is <laughs> each and every day. But we get to decide whether that be a growth promoting. Maybe we decide to do a little personal growth. We take our deep breath. We arrest that crazy emotion of being angry or whatever that is and decide that, hey, this is okay. This can be growth for me. This can be a challenge. Just breathe and then connect. Take a moment to connect and I promise you, you will do this. You can optimize that stress that occurs in your life because it will happen. It will come. If it hasn't, it will. Stress will come. We know it will happen. Change is inevitable. That's what we can count on. We know that we will have some things come at us. But remember, you've got this. You've got the power. <laughs> Was that a song or something? I've got the power. Anyway, enough of that. But I just want to make sure that you know that you are powerful. You are worthy. And you have got this. You can conquer the stress that comes at you in your life. You have got this. Remember the words of Hans Selye. It's not the stress that kills us. It's our response to it. We get to decide and we can change that response. We can literally exude that happy chemical, that anti-stress chemical, oxytocin, through connection, through deep breathing, through our response right here between our ears to the stress that will come. So I love you all. I thank you. Thank you for being a part of this movement. Thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you for reaching out and letting me know, for tagging me, for dropping a review. And remember, this is the last week to get on that list, to have the opportunity to get a signed copy of my new book, Preventable, Five Powerful Practices to Avoid Disease and Build Unshakable Health. Could be yours today in the mail with my personal autograph and a little dedication. If you drop a review over there on Amazon or over there on Apple where I can see it, please rate and review and share. Share it out. Share this episode because I know there's so many out there that are struggling, that are having a tough time. I mean, even me personally, this last few weeks of having a bum ankle and right now the snow, like what in the world? (laughs) It's trying to drag me down, but it's not. I'm not going to let it. I know that I have the power within me and with connection with each of you, connection with God, my higher power. And we've got this. We can do this. Until next time, aloha.